passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Believe in Everything Auburn with Taylor Davis, who is a bit hoarse today, so bear with me. I sound uh, a bit different today, but I'm trying to power through. And the always on his A-game, Jason Campbell. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us each and every week. We are here to break down the ever-evolving world of Auburn athletics. We're glad that you have joined us. We've got plenty to talk about today as basketball season unfortunately came to an end for your Tigers. So we are going to talk about all the March Madness action as well as some spring football updates. So it's going to be a great episode. But first, a word from our reliable sponsor, Bet Online. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. So if you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home a top prize. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting. They also have all your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, Jake Ham? How you doing? I know you're fresh off a trip to Greenville. Maybe not a fun result for our Tigers, but I'm sure it was a fun experience to head down there and see some of the tournament. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a great experience. Uh... You know, driving two hours up from Atlanta is not a bad yeah. ride. And uh, I tell you what, Greenville is a nice, nice city. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, it's a nice underrated. city. It's my first time. Yeah, underrated. First time ever going. Uh, really nice restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can walk around the river. There's places to sit along the river and, and have lunch. And, uh, you know, it's just a, overall, it's a great walking city. Yeah, so if you like to walk or and get outside and exercise, it's awesome for that. So mm-hmm. I was shocked. Um, like yeah. I said, never been, and uh, you know, I, I get them a lot of credit. And I say this though, uh, whew, what a game! <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, my head hurts from the game. <laughs> I got oh, a chance to go to two we games. All feel I, went, it. I went to the Michigan State game and the Duke game because Mike Shashevsky's final season there, and and so it was a great opportunity to watch him coach. Uh, against a great Michigan State team, uh, Coach Izzo, it doesn't matter. Those guys come in a bracket at eight, seven, or nine. They yeah. always contend and, and compete. Yeah. And uh, what a game that was to watch. And then Auburn. Now, once Auburn came in there and first half was, you know, fighting, fighting, and fighting. Uh, you know, Kessler gets in foul trouble early in the game, sits yeah. for the rest of the first half. 
Uh, Jalen kept us in the game, hit some big time threes, four for five in the first half from the three point line. And then all of a sudden we scrap back and get to a 32 to 33 game at the half. You thinking like, okay, Auburn has not played anywhere near their level of basketball yet. And they're only down one point. So in the second half, if they can just put it together, then we can go on a run and win this game and get to the sweet 16. But what happened is Miami came out the second half <laughs> and jumped on us really quick and put up yeah. nine straight points. Mm -hmm. And this thing, you know, you look up and now you're in a huge dog fight because these guys have the ultimate confidence. So no, it's disappointing loss for Auburn, uh, but great season. Great, great season. Uh, just hate it came down to to losing the way that they did in the uh, in the final thirty two. Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right, well, let's go ahead and start basketball then. We usually start football, but it's a great exactly. segue. There we go. Let's just go ahead. Honestly, they deserve it, but uh, definitely not the ending that we all helped hope to see coming off such a historic regular season. But nonetheless. Auburn basketball loses in the round of 32 to 10 seed Miami, 79 to 61. And unfortunately, the reality of it, when you look at it, I think it was just our worst game of the season. And at some points, you look at games and you go, who was the better team? And it's just as simple as that. And do I think this was the, like, accurate representation of what this team has been all season? No. Do I think that there were some elements of the regular season that maybe weren't an accurate depiction? Yes. And I'll get into that in a moment, but in terms of this Auburn performance, um, definitely the worst individual game for a few of our stars, including Jabari and Walker. Jabari was three for 16. Walker was 0 for 6. Two free throws, two rebounds, two blocks. Not exactly the triple-double that we have seen him do at times this season. So, you know, I think when you look at it from an individual perspective, so many of these guys were just off in this game. And then when you look at it as a whole, Miami was just on. And, you know, I thought about it. I was like, wow, there is some sick foreshadowing here because I sat here on our show last week and talked about how underrated Miami is and how talented they are and they don't get enough credit. I didn't think that would be who handed us our end of season loss. I was mostly talking about USC matching up with them, but anywho, definitely a disappointing way to see it end. And, and, you know, you look at this thing in terms of, of where the program stands and while, you know, Coach Pearl obviously has gotten Auburn to a place that it has not been in so long. In some capacities, it's never been where it is now. And obviously, you know, a massive contract extension and, and salary to match what he's accomplished for the program. But at some point, as we're seeing with conversations around Coach Calipari in, in Kentucky, how you perform in the tournament is, is going to become what people are evaluating. And if you're looking at this thing going, he had the arguably the best player in the country in Jabari, one of the top defensive centers in Kessler, and uh, this gritty team that pulled out, you know, played against major odds all season, and you're out in the round of 32 against a 10 seed. You know, at some point, I'm never, I'm not questioning Coach Pearl and his ability at all, but what's that next thing? What's that next adjustment change magic sauce that he's going to need to find to bring this program from consistently good to consistently great. 
Yeah, I'm talking about for Coach Pearl, like I said, I, I like Coach Pearl, uh, what he brings to the table as far as energy and how he gets the guys riled up mm -hmm. and 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 everything. And I can tell during that game, he was trying his hardest um, <laughs> to get the guys going. And, yeah. uh, and it just wouldn't click. And at some point, uh, you think about our 2019 team, that team kind of took over itself uh, mm -hmm. from a guards. When you talk about Harper and Bryce and Okiki and what those guys was able to do, they kind of took over the took over the team, and the team was gonna go as far as those three took them. And in this in this tournament, you look at Jabari, you look at Kessler, and these are your two big guys. Like the team was really gonna go as far as they could dominate from an inside presence, but what was our guards going to really bring to the table besides just defense? Like they have to find a way to get the ball in the hoop. And that has been our thing. When we're on, we're tough to beat. We're probably the toughest team in the country to beat. But when we're off, we are off. And we saw that in this tournament. Like, honestly, the last month of the season, uh, when you talk about the Texas A&M game in the SEC tournament, like we came out and we couldn't get going. We couldn't hit shots. And then all of a sudden we come up with a Jacksonville State team. It started off that way when the game started. After about 10 or 12 minutes into the game is when we really started to hit some shots and we was able to kind of break away from them because all they do is shoot threes. And once we started tightening up our defense on the three-point, they had no inside presence. But then we run up against a Miami team. Like you said, they were a hot team. I watched them play Duke twice this year and had Duke beat twice. And uh, they beat them once but had them beat the other time. And I knew this was a dangerous team for us. And I said, this is not a great matchup for us. I yes. said, because they are so fast and they can run. As soon as that ball hits the rim and it's off, they was getting fast break points. Yeah. And, and we couldn't get back and stop them sometimes. And we knew that going into this game. But I felt like our advantage to take advantage of them was our inside presence. If we could find a way to get Kessler involved and Jabari involved on the block, you know, and make them have to go down and try to double those guys or get their guys in foul trouble. And then we can kick out and try to hit some open shots. You know, it could work to our favor, but we just couldn't do that. Like yeah. Kessler got in foul trouble early. He had to sit the, you know, play four minutes in the first half. He had to sit and never really could get in the flow of the game. Like I really never saw him being able to do the things he's done most of the season, like blocking shots and getting mm -hmm. rebounds and putting balls back up. He just, like, he just couldn't get going. And mm -hmm. Jabari, he was getting rebounds and, and doing different things, but just couldn't get the ball to go in the hoop. And right. it's just unfortunate. And then uh, when that's going on, then you got Wendell Green, who you depend on from an outside standpoint, and he couldn't get it going consistently. And then, like, it just goes down the board. You know, KD had some really good plays, and he played with a lot of energy. But we are a type of basketball team that we play with our depth. Yeah. Where the one unit comes in, they get going. Our bench guys comes in and we don't lose a beat. And the that's bench what played was, better. Right. That's what was beating teams during the regular season was our depth was beating yeah. teams. We were wear teams out. Yes. All the first half was always close, but we always got to that second half. And then you see us to start to separate. And then that yeah. just didn't happen the other night. Our bench, like you said, our bench outperformed our starters. They did. And, uh, but it was too much everything. ground to cover when they right. came in. Yeah, it was too much. It was just too much energy. You have to exhort and everything because yeah. we didn't get anything much from our first unit. And it was just tough. Uh, like I said, being in a tournament is all about who's hot at the right time. Yep. It's no different than the NFL playoffs and pro basketball playoffs. Who gets hot at the right time? And I asked myself, do you think Auburn peaked a little too soon? That's hard to say because you're taught to play hard every game. Right. And 
And, and no matter if you're peaking or not, like you're taught to go out and play hard every game. It's just unfortunate for us that our worst game of the season came against Miami in yep. the NCAA tournament. In the tournament. Like we've had some games where we like, ooh, scratched our head, but we wasn't this off, like where we was missing this many shots. Like we yeah. literally couldn't hit shots. So how does Bruce Pearl approach this off season? Number one, I'm going to try to find me some really good shooters that can shoot consistently yes, and like and make consistently. Because when you look at the tournament, the teams that are still in it and still going, these guys know how to shoot the hoop. They can uh -huh. shoot the rock and put it in the hole. And that's the difference. Like we're not consistently a great shooting basketball team, but in order for us to compete and get back to that level that took to the final four a few years ago, we got to go out and find some shooting guards yes. and as well as like to play defense. But that shooting is so important because it can carry you a, a very long ways. As you see, even if you don't have the bigs to dominate, you can still win from an outside standpoint, if you got those guards that can push the ball and, and shoot it consistently. 100%. And that's something that maybe, you know, I, I wonder in terms of, okay, what's that next thing for coach Pearl to implement? You know, he came, he came in and there was a lot of work to be done for this Auburn program. And it also included a complete culture shift, a, a culture buy-in that was not there before he came in and what he has done and the level in which he has transformed this Auburn program to be a national threat to where Jabari Smiths of the world want to come to Auburn. And, and he was quoted post-game saying if he had to choose a thousand times over again, he would pick Auburn every time. Like Bruce Pearl did that. You can't write it any other way. And obviously the Auburn fan base has so much, you know, can take credit for as well, but like Bruce led the charge. So that has been done. The consistency has been built and Lord, that is no small feat, but what takes you from good to great and how you perform in the tournament defines that. So then when he's on the recruiting tra trail, does he adjust a little bit of what he's looking for right now? Because I completely agree with you, the shooting lacking and consistent inconsistency in that way showed itself in all of our losses this year. And certainly the way the season ended. So I completely agree with you there. And I think, you know, you mentioned Coach Izzo and, and Michigan State and how regardless where they're seated or what they looked like, they come into the tournament and know how to play. It's almost a different element of coaching, how you coach the tournament versus how you coach the regular season. And so Auburn, you don't want Auburn to be that program where you're going, yeah, man, they are a regular season powerhouse. Like they are the best home court advantage, like, consistently great all regular season, but they cannot get it together in the tournament. You don't want to be that. So what is that next thing that handles and checks that box for Auburn? But another element of, of this, Jay, when you look at this and you look at the tournament, and I'm not just talking Auburn, but Auburn didn't help the case. Auburn loses to number 10 or a 10 seed, Miami. Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. Tennessee lost to Michigan. Alabama lost. The SEC's top three teams finished two and three in the tournament. Obviously, we've still got Arkansas. LSU also lost. Does this actually feed into the argument that the SEC is actually just a little overrated? Uh, I'll tell you what, this is, uh, it irked me when I was at the game because at the end of the game, you see there's a lot of Duke fans that kind of stayed over and mm -hmm. 
I ran into a few of them when I was up trying to get some popcorn and 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 they were saying and they were saying, Hey man, I, I hear a lot about y'all team, man, and uh the Jabari Smith kid and you know, y'all was ranked number one for a few weeks during the season and I, I really hadn't had much time to watch y'all. He said, But I I've heard about your team and he was just like, So, you know, man, my son, we we're definitely excited to to see what y'all got uh tonight. Oh. And I was just like, Well, I said, Well, I said, you know, our guys, they play really hard. I said, you know, they've had a great season. I said, if, if we're on, we're on. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, you know, it could be a really good game. I said, but, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. And all the thing I could think about was when this game was going on, <laughs> was this man and his kids sitting there probably <laughs> saying, like, I thought this team was on one and everything. I'm just like yeah. not knowing that he just seen us probably play our worst game of the season. Right. And – and when you have a, a base like that, some Duke and some Michigan State fans just waiting around to try to see, like, okay, what this Auburn team is about. And then, you know, we get the performance that we had, which is not indebted of what our team was like this year. It's just they had a bad game at the wrong time. And, but this is all they see and that's all they remember. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's just like this is all going to be planted in their head. So – all you hear everybody hollering at the end of the game is ACC, ACC. And yeah. that just irks Ugh. me God, because I, I know we're better than that. Mm -hmm. I know Kentucky's better than that. I know Tennessee, you know, they played a tough game against Michigan. I know, but Tennessee was a really good basketball team. LSU was just unfortunate. You fired a coach. What, what a great time to bring down a Saints, you know, somebody, right? Like, yeah. good agree. Like, you Ugh. on the tournament, we, you couldn't wait till after the tournament and – and do this because my whole thing is, are you thinking more about the kids or the institution at that right, point? Yes. Right. Because I was like, but these kids, I like, what about them? They work so hard to get to this point. Why not let them have a coach during the finish of the season? You know, the sanctions coming, mm -hmm. just hold it until they get put out the tournament. I was just like, but no, you bring this up right before the tournament starts and you get rid of them. And now these kids are out there trying to play in a tournament with not even knowing what's really going on or what kind of sanctions are they really going to be under or I'm transferring, not transferring or who's like, that's a lot. Like yeah. you, they might as well not even put them in the tournament right. at that point. So it's just the SEC, it makes it not good for them because Calipari came out and said at the SEC tournament, he said, I don't see why the SEC shouldn't get more teams into the NCAA tournament <laughs> because we are loaded from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. And when you get into the tournament and you see the results, yeah. it doesn't look good yeah. and it doesn't bowl well in the eyes of those that that forms the committee yeah. that puts in the 64 team. So if you want to do that, we should have all showed up in this tournament exactly, and, and made a run and made some noise. And then that's how you reach the attention the next time next year when the SEC comes out and we're playing ball that, okay, we get nine teams in, maybe eight yeah. teams in, because then you gain that respect. But when you see Alabama get beat, you see Kentucky lose to St. Peter's and then, mm. you know, Tennessee, and you see the way the Auburn lost to Miami. And it's just, you know, it doesn't, doesn't help our case. Right? Yeah. It doesn't help our case. And I think that, you know, it, it's similar to what everyone wants to say at the end of football season when, you know, bowl games don't always go the SEC's way. And everyone uses the argument that, well, you know, the SEC has to beat up each other all regular season. And that translates to basketball as well. The difference is come bowl season, the argument now is 
well, you're not getting all your best players. A lot of them are sitting out to go to the draft and you know, who really cares? It's, it's a bowl game that no one cares about anymore. Now that the playoff has been introduced, that is the polar opposite of this postseason basketball is what you want the most. Your best should be out there. Everyone's giving it their absolute all. If that's when we're looking disheveled, something's off. And maybe it is just that we don't have a proper evaluation to gauge how good these teams really are within the SEC if the conference as a whole is a bit overrated. Well, the other thing, too, is about the SEC schools. Like, yes, we know we're a tough conference. And we know we compete at a very high level all the time. And it can become draining. Mm -hmm. But what we have to know when we reach the tournament is these other teams – they look at this as an opportunity to knock off a big dog. That's true. And to make themselves look even stronger. Mm -hmm. So you're about to get better than they're just good. You're getting their best. And because because your conference is so represented, like you're holding your conference, your conference, you are a representation of your conference. So you have to go in the mindset. And I think, let's just be honest, I think Kentucky thought they were going to walk in there and beat St. Peter's by 20 points. I really do. Like, And I know Auburn probably took Miami seriously, but at the same time, they probably had no clue of how fast they really were until the game got going right? and and everything. So it's about a mindset. And as much as you mentally can prepare yourself for these big situations, it start, you, you start the ball game in your head and how you think of your opponent and what you expect of yourself. And you have to respect your opponent to the point that, you don't want to leave nothing unturned. It's you going to prepare as hard as you can prepare to make sure that when you go out there, if you beat the team by 20, great. But if you're in a dog fight, it's not because you didn't prepare. It's just because mm-hmm. this team is just, they 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 brought it. They was on yeah. their A game, but it wasn't because you didn't prepare. And I just yeah. think, I just think these guys just have to understand that people are looking up to you as the big dog conference. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think from top to bottom as a whole that, guys understand that until they're in the fight. Now, let's give credit. The whole March Madness has been fun because... Chaotic, also. Yes, because TCU could have knocked off Arizona. Yeah. Like, Memphis could have knocked off Gonzaga. Providence is in the Sweet 16. What are we talking about? (laughs) Purdue Purdue was supposed to be a really good team. Mm -hmm. Iowa was at one point almost ranked number one and they got pounced. So yep. it's not just the SEC that got pounced, but right now we're probably the conference that only has one team left, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's other conference teams that got beat as well, but it kind of shows you that basketball as a whole, if you got great shooters, it doesn't matter if you at St. Mary's, it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you at St. Peter's, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can compete with anybody as long as you got shooters. And that's what these teams are doing when you look across the board. Um, So, you know, it's a lot to learn here, but Auburn has done an absolutely good job building their uh, basketball program. It is probably the most much C place to come to in person. Uh, I think Bruce Pearl is going to really hit the jackpot this offseason with recruits and some more guys in transfer portal just because of that atmosphere. What college kid don't want to play in front of that atmosphere at home? Mm -hmm. Like that is – the best. It gets no better than that. The other thing is mentally being able to win away from home has got to be their key. Now we know you can win at home, right? but what can you do away from home? It's kind of the same thing with Kentucky. Kentucky can win at home, but 
their problem has been on the road. And so we're very similar right now in that category. How do we get the mental mindset when we're on the road where you're playing in other teams' hostile environment? Because that goes to show you the Auburn fans and and that student session, you should pack yourself on the back to know that you have an influence when other teams come and play us at home. Big like time. that crowd noise, it makes them create turn. It makes they have them to create turnovers. Absolutely. And it, it messes with their focus. So continue that. Now, as players, how do we be able to go on the road and block out the noise from the opponent is what great, great teams are able to do. I completely agree with you. I mean, look, we're in such a good place that, you know, you just feel like it it feeds into the next so well. And, and you just you've gotten to a place of consistency with this program that it all you don't feel like there's going to be some major fall off and rebuild like there is in football. There's a little bit of a difference, although bit of breaking news that just came out since we've been recording. Um, Devin Cambridge has entered his name in the transfer portal. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting development. Didn't exactly see that one coming. Um, obviously, we all, you know, a full expectation that Jabari and Walker are both going to be gone next year. Jabari was asked about it post game. He said he, he's not made up his mind yet. I don't see a world in which he comes back. Um, but certainly it's been fun. And, you know, I do think that fans, there's, you want passionate fans, right? Because when you're doing well and when competition comes to town, like they've got you. And it, it's part of why we have such an amazing atmosphere. But the flip side of that is when the negative passion comes out, when you've got a, a disappointing loss and, and some frustration surfaces. And obviously Jabari performing the way he did when the stakes were the highest. Don't, you know, make everyone super pleased, but we wouldn't be in this situation without Jabari. I mean, the season he's had, the talent level he's had, the notoriety that he even brought to Auburn. I mean, he recruits will want to play somewhere that a guy like Jabari played. You know, that's just the reality of it. So um, very grateful that, that this guy chose Auburn and uh, for all that this team accomplished this year. None of it is undermined just because of the way that that game went. But um, onward and upward and hopefully uh, – next year's team can can top this one um okay let's talk a little football because we do have some spring football updates few and and sparse but but certainly uh want to get you caught up on what's going on there but first a word from our other sponsor athletic greens i love this sponsor tons of people take multivitamins but it's important to choose one that is top quality but one scoop of athletic greens gives you 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, even aging. It's lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets with just one gram of sugar, no chemicals or anything artificial. So to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, just one scoop in a cup of water every day, that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Guys, this is probably the best deal we've gotten you from a sponsor. Like, fantastic. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, 
athleticgreens.com slash believe one year free supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of athletic greens. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. <clears throat> With my voice going the way it is, I probably need to double up my Athletic Greens because your girl's losing it. Okay, yeah. let's talk spring football. Obviously, practices continue. Media availability is quite limited, but we'll tell you what you what we know. Um, and obviously the big news coming out this week that everyone has discussed are a couple more additions to the transfer portal. Um, the first one being quarterback Demetrius Davis has entered his name in the transfer portal. He announced via his Twitter on Wednesday, he was at practice on Monday and then obviously made the announcement midweek, um, Houston, Texas native four-star recruit. We've talked about him a lot on this show. Um, he led his high school to multiple Texas state titles, um, but never saw a play a snap at Auburn. Um, obviously he was in the running five quarterback running, um, for the starting job this year. And a lot of people, you know, thought it may be his opportunity, but he may be privy to information that it actually isn't. And obviously with Robbie and Zach coming, um, and having high expectations, and then Holden being a true freshman with a lot of hype as well. If he wasn't going to play behind TJ Finley last year, who was not the epitome of consistency, I didn't have much hope that he was going to play this year anyway, to be honest with you. And he must have had enough, you know, feeling of the same to go ahead and enter his name in the transfer portal. What were your initial thoughts to this one? Takeaways? Um, were you surprised at all? Oh, Taylor, come on. Let's be real. You saw this coming a mile away. 100%. Because the simple fact is, this is a kid that came out of high school. Like I said, he was a big-time recruit from from Houston. And mm -hmm. if you can play football in Texas and lead your team to two state championships, you are a player. Mm -hmm. And this kid is a player. But I had the same the same concerns that you had. And you know, going into the bowl game, I said, okay, if this kid – doesn't get a chance to play one snap in the bowl game, then I don't know if he's ever going to get an opportunity to play at Auburn. Mm -hmm. I said, because in the bowl game, you had nothing to lose and you're going against a team that's from the city he's from, Houston. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our quarterback, TJ Finley at the time, has a hurt ankle, so he's not fully healthy. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. okay, uh, Demetrius Davis, as quick as he is, and dynamic of an athlete that he is you have to tell me that he gives us a better chance to win if tj's ankle is messed up so you're right. telling me that tj's better than he is on one leg pretty much than this kid is on two and so i'm just saying so if this kid couldn't play in the bowl game i kind of figured this was going to be next i, I figured yeah. that he would probably go into the spring i expect him probably to transfer after the bowl game but when he didn't uh, like he's the type of kid that you want on your team because he, he shows tremendous amount of loyalty and it had to come to the last straw for this kid to make a decision to want to leave Auburn. Like you can tell that he loved Auburn. He loved being there and, but he has to make a decision for his future quarterback is different than any other position. Like every other right. position, you know, guys rotate in and out, you get some playing time, but when it comes to quarterback there's only one person with the ball. And, you know, and it's just unfortunate if you're not the starter, you pretty much don't play. 
So it's it's a situation for him that he had to make. And I I just feel like it got into the spring and he probably saw that his reps was very limited and his opportunity for him to win a starting quarterback job. You got to have reps. And if you're not getting reps, then you pretty much don't have a chance. So I think it got that to that point with him, especially with the Robbie Ashford kid that's coming along and, you know, from Hoover and the transfer from Oregon and mm-hmm. everyone's talking about how dynamic he is. And he's a bigger guy than Demetrius. Both of them right. are dynamic, but he's a little bigger and throws more of a touch ball than mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, he kind of saw it coming. So yeah. the, he's went ahead and entered the transfer portal. We wish him the best. Like I said, sure. wish we had a lot more kids like Demetrius uh, Davis, like uh, with that kind of commitment and loyalty, but uh, well understood. And if I had to guess, he'd probably end up at UCF. Gus recruited him. He was Gus recruit. And I, I think I see the trend here now is that Coach Harson is kind of leaning towards going with a quarterback that he wants yeah. that he recruited or he has to transfer in right. and Gus guys, he's kind of like, you know, some he's built relationship with, mm-hmm. but I think in that position, he's trying to go with someone he has familiar yeah. familiarity with, which is understandable. So yeah. that's why I say, I think buddy goes to gut goes to mm-hmm. Gus because that was his recruit. Makes sense. We will certainly see. Um, another transfer portal addition is cornerback road tolerance. Roe Torrance, um, who announced this week as well, 6'4", 200-pound defensive back. He's a fourth-year junior. He arrived to Auburn last season from JUCO, uh, played in 10 games, recording five total tackles, one pass breakup, and one forced fumble, mostly on special teams. So another one um, that has added his name to the transfer portal. Now, one thing to keep in mind with the transfer portal is that a player is free to withdraw his name at any time. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be back with the team. That has happened with with some players before. They mostly kind of test the waters and and see what's out there. Um, But the schools are under no obligation to keep a player on scholarship once they enter the portal. So if the team that you were with and you put your name in the portal takes you off scholarship, that's their prerogative. You can choose to come back and whatever, but – um, they don't have to keep you on while you, you know, test the waters of the transfer portal. So doesn't necessarily mean that either of these guys wouldn't end up back. I don't really foresee it, but just important clarification, because I don't think that um, everyone necessarily gets all the details of the transfer portal. But um, in terms of spring practice, again, very limited, uh, you know, information that the media is granted for it. But whoops. Um, but QB reps this week have been Finley still taking first team. If, if you really want to say first team, second team, it's not as clear cut right now, but, uh, Finley, then Robbie is, is up taking second Holden is third. And then Calzada, who's obviously limited with that shoulder injury. Um, that's kind of how the quarterback reps have been going. Um, especially now that Demetrius has, has left. Um, freshman defensive back Caleb Wooden is still the one really getting a lot of high praise and, and verbal acknowledgement from coaches and, and players. Um, his quickness and strength are, are certain aspects that have been pointed out. Um, they are going to do a scrimmage at Jordan-Hare Friday night, so that'll be cool for them to get to play in the stadium. So they have been practicing in shells and helmets, so a bit more contact drills, 
Um, but media has not been allowed to see any, you know, seven on seven or anything like that. So in terms of, of matchups, first team, second team, all of that is, is really kind of speculative at this point, but, um, Harson will have media availability after the scrimmage in Jordan here on Friday. So maybe a bit more will come out from that. And again, a day happening on April 9th. So we'll see what limited product they put out by that point. Any other news and notes that you have gotten wind of out of spring ball? Uh, this has been a very quiet spring ball. Uh, it really has. It, it has been like, you know, after all the noise in January and February, uh, you know, <laughs> things have gone very silent and that could be a good thing. Uh, you know, it could be a good thing. Uh, but the only thing I would say is don't get caught up into all the reps, which you're hearing about, you know, this quarterback's getting this, this quarterback. I, I, I still think this is going to go into, into the uh, training camp season before they decide who's going to play quarterback. And it may go into the season. Who knows? Um, but at the same time, like I said, you have you have some quality guys there that are competing and and everything, and that's what you want. You know, com- competition brings out the best in everybody. The one thing that I wish we would hear more of that we haven't heard more about is what the receiver position is looking like. Um, you know, that has been a big question mark. Uh, Javaris Johnson deciding to come back was a huge deciding to come back, not go to Ole Miss and, and come back to Auburn. I think was a was was really a big win for Auburn, and also I think it was a big win for him. Yeah, uh, as well, because, you know, with he's going to be the future guy, you know, or one of the future guys. So, you know, you can't ask more for that as an opportunity. Uh, the offensive line, we haven't heard much about it, but I would have to say I hope they're in a really good position just because of the three guys that they decided to come back that could have left and decided to come back for a sixth year, mm-hmm. um, you know, to give them another year to work together. And I think we have depth at that position. Uh, so, I just think everyone's kind of just want to see what the quarterback's going to do, but there's so many other positions. Like you say, defensive oh, yeah. pack, you know, you lose Roger McCrary, you lose Smoke Monday, who are filling these guys' shoes. You lose uh, McLean at the linebacker position. Okay, how's I, how's, you know, is Wooten going to be the guy there or is somebody else going to be the guy there? Uh, you know, we're still in a base 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. From things that I'm hearing from a standpoint of last year, that's not going to change. So guys have a familiar uh, with the scheme standpoint should bode well for them going yeah. to another season of that. And I just feel like the main thing is if, if I'm hearing anything, guys are saying a difference between coach Smedden and, and, and coach Mason from a defensive coordinator position is, you know, the guys, they say, you know, coach Mason will stop practice and go over something with you. Mm-hmm. And they say coach Smedden kind of like lets you just play through it and then come back and coach you up afterwards Got and everything, it. but go ahead and get the reps in. And then the other part of it that you're hearing is that from a standpoint that Coach Mason would was all about technique, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, you want to be technique because a lot of teams get beat off of technique. Right. Um, but they say Coach Smedden is more of lets you play a little bit and, and a little bit more loose in that category but he goes back to the film and try to correct you on film. So hmm. everybody has their own different coaching thing. That's just a yeah. little bit tidbit that we're hearing, okay. but um, every coach is going to be different. And every coach is going to want to do it their way that they want to do it. And they right. see fit. So we'll see what happens uh, once the season gets here, but that's just the only things that we're hearing. And I'm not getting much this year. It's super quiet. Yeah. And uh, which is a good thing. You know, the team needs time to, to kind of heal from oh, all the gosh, stuff that yeah. they went through in the first two months. 
heal and just like focus inward. I mean, so much of their off season has been having to deal with outside noise, which is something that you try so hard to, to eliminate from your program year round. And they really didn't have an opportunity because the players had to participate in the investigation as well. So um, I'm not surprised. I've also read some stuff just about more team bonding stuff that's been worked in. Like they were uh, Harson told him to to meet at Jordan here the other day, all of them expecting to run stadiums, but he had breakfast there for them. So they didn't run. They just had a team breakfast together. Um, obviously, we all saw they went paintballing. Um, they've done more team stuff. So I think that's probably an element of this, too, that they don't want everyone's two cents involved in this because that's what the past six months have been. So. I think it's good. I mean, it makes our job more difficult to not have as much insight, but I think for the good of the team and, and to send us into next season on a better foot, that's probably much needed for the guys. So we will keep our uh, eyes and ears open for anything that comes out about it, but that is where things stand as of now. A couple um, other sport tidbits to just get you updated on. Our softball team is sitting at number 17, number one in the SEC, one game over Florida and Mississippi State. So tight race, mm. but sitting at number one in the conference, uh, a 26 and two record. We just won the series over South Carolina two to one this past weekend. And freshman DH Jesse Blaine went 444 with two homers and eight RBIs and was named the SEC freshman of the week. So congrats to her. Uh, switching to baseball, they are still looking for a bit of a pitching identity. That's kind of the focus of this team right now. Seven different pitchers have started for them this season. They're looking for another one for this weekend's series against Texas A&M. Coming off a 13-12 to win over South Alabama this week on Tuesday uh, and a 2-1 to series loss to Ole Miss this past weekend, unfortunately, but they will be playing at Texas A&M this weekend. And finally, gymnastics finished third at the SEC championship this past weekend, Florida taking the win and Alabama taking second. But no surprise, SUNY Lee was awarded SEC Freshman of the Year and Darian Goborn was awarded Co-Specialist of the Year. And that is the first time in program history that two Tigers were honored with one of the three SEC postseason awards in the same season. So congrats to them, congrats to all of our Auburn athletes who are plugging away and doing big things will continue to uh, keep a pulse on what's going on with all of those. But if you're done, Jay, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I think one thing, isn't the uh, Tigers, the uh, gymnastics team hosting the NCAA Auburn regionals? They uh, are. That is happening next week. It's March 30th through April 2nd. It's a multi-day event happening at Auburn next week. That format is pretty complex and complicated so i'll break that down a bit more for anyone interested on next week's episode i'll make sure to study up on it because i don't want to speak wrong but yes we do get to host a region a regional we will be the number two seed in the regional um and i did read that tickets are almost sold out so if you are interested in attending any of those sessions for the three-day regional you probably want to go ahead and jump on tickets today good good job jay yeah, you know, hey, I keep up with, with, with what's going on around you the sure park. Do. You, you know? sure do. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Everything Auburn. I love it. Exactly. There we go. There That's we go. That's good stuff. Everyone, enjoy the games this weekend. If you're watching any baseball, softball, enjoy it all. It's uh, finally spring, officially spring. It's been beautiful lately. So in, uh, in, in true spring fashion, get outside, watch some sports, play some sports, 
and then tune back in to Believe in Everything Auburn next week to get you updated on all of it. Jason and I so appreciate all of you guys listening and following along each and every week. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. You can find us in the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Believe's website. You can leave a review, a thumbs up, a five star, a war eagle, and make sure you hit us up on social media if you have any special requests for the show. That's going to do it for us. Everyone have a fantastic week. Until we talk again, War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.